Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and I've got a very special guest joining me today. She is a 20-time All-American from the University of Florida, uh, part of the first ever 1-2-3 All-African-American finish in a single event at an NCAA Swimming Championship, SEC Freshman of the Year, Olympic Trials Qualifier, three-time Florida team captain, ISL, uh, Cali Condors team member uh, for the second year in a row now, Natalie Hines. Natalie, what's up? Hey, Coleman. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing fine. I am just, I have the rest of the day off, so I'm just chilling. So let's start with the big news today. ISL just, you know, did their whole big spiel. Everyone knows about everything now. You're yeah. back on the Cali Condors. Um, how, what, what does today mean to you? Uh, I mean, like, we've been waiting for a long time to be able to say it to the masses, but I am really excited, especially, obviously, with everything that's been going on this year. It's really nice to have something to look forward to. Um, I think... Being on the same team also gives me just even more confidence because I know the coaches, I know Jason, he's an amazing GM, and I also know all my teammates. Um, and it's nice to have some Georgia teammates along with me as well. For sure. Who, who, who are the – I know Greg is, – is Troy still the head coach? Mm-hmm. Do you know who the other coaches are? So it's Dean Boxall. He's, he, okay. he's the coach of Ariane and Mitch. Um, there is a new guy. I don't actually, I'm not actually, I haven't met him yet. Um, and, oh, and Sean Schemmel, our coach, um, at UGA. Okay, nice. So it'll be a very familiar group of people. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, let's, let's dive into ISL a little bit. Tell me about your experience last year and, and, you know, what that was like getting to be a part of the inaugural season. I think it kind of blew everyone's mind at least from a a spectator standpoint of you go to that first event and it's you know there's lights there's cameras there's action it was it was pretty wild um what was it like as an athlete it was i say it was the most fun meet i've ever been to besides secs because i i love secs but it was like a concert where you also swam like there's just lights everywhere everyone was just having such a good time because everyone just didn't know what was going on because i mean even the night before um the first day they changed some of the rules so that shows you how (laughs) just like crazy everything was but i mean it worked out for the best by the time we had our second um meet like by the time we were in italy we kind of had like a grasp on how things were. Um, And I think the best part of ISL, and I think a lot of people will agree is you get to just meet people that you would never meet uh, because you're all in this group and you're surrounded by amazing swimmers and amazing people that are from across the world. Like I said, that you would never meet um, had you not done ISL. And I've never been to Italy before because I've never been anywhere outside of America before, but um, being able to go to Italy was just such an eye-opening experience in a lot of ways for me, not just swimming. So um, 
to be part of that first group who got to just experience that and kind of be the guinea pigs was um, really cool, but it also kind of like helped you mentally prepare for the unknown because like I said, they would change things like all the time. Yeah, that was, that was your first time out of the country? Well, kind of. I mean, I went to France for Mare Nostrum's like earlier that summer or in the summer. Um, So I had been seasoned a little bit, but I kind of was, I knew what to expect for a nine hour plane ride uh, that I didn't know what to expect when I went to France. But um, yeah, those are the two places that I've only been to outside of America, obviously besides Mexico and Canada, but I don't really think those count. And I blew up my miles for Delta. So I finally made it to the next like silver medallion status. So that was probably the best part. Nice. Well, that's, yeah, seriously, that's awesome. Uh, but so, so uh, in Italy or in France, what, I mean, did you notice any significant changes for racing abroad or th- adjustments you had to make? Well, I guess both meets were different than a normal meet. So you have ISL in Italy and you have Mare Nostrum in France. And so um, Mare Nostrum's format is different than a normal swim meet format in terms of um, just how quickly they ran the race and the way that you had to walk out and things like that. So trying to compare them to a normal swim meet that I would swim in the States is uh, kind of like apples to oranges. But I think the biggest difference was um everything was so formal so ISL was always finals which I love there was no prelims um for Mary Nostrums there were uh, prelims and finals but they walked you out for each session as if it was finals so I kind of I mean I love finals so um being able to walk out in prelims like that I was like so hype and ready to go I think that's also why I swam so good there um but it was kind of hard to navigate when no one spoke English and when they said take your mark in another language you know you just kind of like pick up on those things and um when they line you up they're like screaming French at you so I think it's just about observing your surroundings and then planning accordingly but I loved it I thought it was cool the first day I was very confused but then I like you know caught on um and looking back, I think it was so fun. Nice. Sorry, the visual of officials screaming French at someone. Well, not like screaming so at me, but just like funny trying bones. to make their voices be heard. And I'm just like, what is three? <laughs> I'm like trying to go back to my elementary school days. I'm like, I cannot remember any of this to save my life right now. Right. Uh, well, that <laughs> sounds like very cool experiences. And yeah. hey, for all, all the listeners out there, these are some of the places that swimming can take you. Yeah, they can take you abroad. And I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I came back to swimming because I got to go and do something that I love to do and just experience. I mean, Italy, we were only there for like eight days, mm-hmm. but I feel like I was there forever. And I learned so much in such a short period of time. It was crazy. I was very, I mean, I was really, really glad to come back to America and have Chick-fil-A as my first meal, but <laughs> I learned so much just about other people and that, not that I didn't think this before, I don't think that I'm a shelter, that sheltered, but like this people, there's so much else going on in the world than what you see in front of you and what you do on a day-to-day basis. So kind of just put things in perspective for me um, that I do still think about now. Yeah. 
I I think it's I remember my first time out of the country and it was I don't know if culture shock is the right word but it's just very eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's you a good said, word. you get you get you get a lot of perspective um, on what other people are doing around the world. I went on a similar. I was on the the next leg of of the ISL uh, matches, so I spent that week in Budapest. Oh, you're with Group um, B. I was with Group B, and uh, and yeah, that that's a long. It's a long eight days, and it's good and bad. But you spent you spent a lot of time with the teams. Yeah. Really got to know some of them, and it was very cool. But yeah, the, those eight days are are pretty action packed. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so you you mentioned you're you're grateful that you came back to the sport, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah. But you've been you've been in swimming for so long now. Um, how let let's take it let's take it all the way back. Tell me about your swimming roots. How did you get into the sport? Um, so if we want to think way back, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I started swimming when I was four. I think that was when I was on my first team. Um, and my mom loves the water, so she would always be with us. Before I was on a team, we'd be in the backyard swimming, and she'd be in there swimming with us. Um, I have a sister who is five years older than I am, and so I wanted to be just like her, and I wanted to do everything that she was doing, and so she was swimming, but Lauren swim. Lauren and I are very different in terms of um, she's very, very academically smart and I wouldn't say I'm not smart but I'm just more of the athletic one so once I like caught wind and swimming it was just like that was my thing I no longer really was like I want to be like Lauren but um it was nice to have her in the sport until she was in high school and then she she decided she didn't want to swim in college but it was nice to grow up with her in the sport um but yeah I swam at City of Midland Aquatics is what it's called in my small hometown of like a hundred thousand people now it's a lot bigger but when I was growing up it's a very small town um and yeah I swam there till I was 18 and um it was a very like I said a very small team um and I was you know really blessed that I was a really good swimmer I had good talent and um, I was kind of a big fish in a small pond. So I did a lot of traveling to Dallas and to Austin and to Houston. Um, and my coach, my club coach, um, his name's Andy, Andy Corda. He and I were very close because when we would go travel, it would just be me and my dad. So it was me, my dad and my coach just like trotting around Texas, just going to meets. Um, just because I was trying, you know, trying to move up in the ranks and stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, club swimming, I, I haven't been back obviously because there's just been so much going on in my life, but, um, it is really just a crazy place because they have like six pools there and it's just this amazing facility that has everything you could think of. And you just wouldn't think that it's in a small town in Midland. Yeah. In the middle of West Texas. It's crazy. Wow. They have so many pools. Um, so I am grateful. I wish I could get back there, but I was actually going to go in there in April, but we all know what happened. So I couldn't go back. Um, so maybe like at the end of this year, or next year sometime. Yeah. Did, was, was high school a big part of your swimming experience? Did you even swim high school? Uh, I mean, yeah, I did, but it just, some high schools in America, like high school swimming is it, yeah. but not for me. Um, I just had a really unique high school experience because like I said, I was a big fish in a small pond. So when I made my trials cut in 20, 
honestly, I think it was like 20, I was 16 years old. So I still had two years to go until trials, but I swam high school, but then I decided that I wanted to graduate high school early because I just spoke with my counselor and I was like, well, I mean, if I can get more credits in going into Florida, then that would be better for me just because I don't, I, balancing school and swimming is just a very hard thing for me. And so I wanted to go in ahead. So I graduated early. So I didn't even swim my senior year of high school swimming. I swam just freshman, sophomore in my junior year. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing the high school team was not expansive. No, it was just, yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of, of um, people who, you know, that was their second period. So, I mean, they loved it and they had a great time. There's some cool people in there, but it just, for me, it was just like, if it was bigger, I would have done it, but it just was kind of at that point in time was just an extra practice or just like an, like time I could have spent studying or getting through school or something like that. Mm -hmm. So your senior year of high school, you didn't, you didn't go to Florida you just no 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 i didn't go to school i didn't go to college early i just basically graduated in december of my senior year of high school and so then that spring semester i just strained and then i actually did go to college at a community college called midland college <laughs> and i did calculus and english and it was so terrible I was like, why did I think I wanted to go to college right now? But I mean, it was for the best. Like it yeah, really did pay off. Smart. Smart. Yeah, it, it paid off, but um, it kind of forced me to grow up a little bit. And like, I kind of got to see what college was like. So that part was really good. Um, but yeah, when I went to graduate, I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. Cause I had been out of school for like six months, like out of high school. So when I came, mm -hmm to walk for graduation, everybody was like, where have you been? I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it was kind of awkward, to be honest. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, any, so anyone who has gone through a freshman year of college knows that English and math are like the two most gen ed, basic, boring classes you can mm -hmm. take. And, yeah. uh, and it, to get him out of the way at a community college is, is a, sounds like a great decision. Yeah. I mean, it also was because my mom was a professor at the, at the time at Midland college. And so okay. like, as you know, a community college is small. So her office happened to be like across the hall from my calculus classroom. So I couldn't be late. Um, she and the professor I had, they were like real tight and I'm not good at math. Like I am horrible at math I had a tutor all throughout college and I obviously was struggling and <laughs> I just like couldn't there was no leeway for me because she literally was right across the hall so I couldn't go anywhere or she knew everything that was going on so that also really helped me in just like focusing and like <laughs> trying to get through this class but it, it it was all for the better that's what I tell myself no, that's that's that seems yeah overall positive but yeah um, at the, at the time guys. it sounds like a lot yeah <laughs> um did sorry did you just like not keep up with your high school friends for that six month period no to be honest I'm like a lone wolf I mean I'm very social bold very outgoing but I'll tell you this like you know those four minutes in between classes that you switch where you can go talk yeah. to your friends yeah 
I did not belong to one single group. There wasn't like a group that I went to go find in between mm -hmm. classes. I kind of just like ping ponged around and went to class. But I mean, I was like really well known because I was a good swimmer and in a very unique position. Um, but no, I mean, I have one friend from high school who's like my best friend who I keep up with, obviously, but that's it. Okay. <laughs> and I think I get it from my dad. He's a lone wolf as well. So I have that tendency to do that. But um, yeah, I didn't keep up with, <laughs> with anyone. Just because swimming was so big for me at that time. I was like, yeah. get everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fine, though. And I, I, to I totally relate to the to well. I didn't have yeah. it, but I think a lot of swimmers can relate to the tunnel vision of swimming, especially, yeah. especially when you are that age and it's, it just kind of does become your identity and you want to do it all the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't academically inclined either. So it was like, dude, I'd much rather swim than like, yeah, cool. I'm waiting um, for the bell to ring so I can leave. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you, you say you're a lone wolf, but you were a three time captain at the university of Florida. Yeah. Uh, you like you were leading the team for uh, like more years than many swimmers swim on a team. Yeah. Uh, what you get to Florida um, after <laughs> after after your high school experience, and what was it like um, stepping on campus that first season? Uh, when, once you get to Gainesville, hard, very hard. <laughs> it was like some of the hardest workouts of my whole entire life and I wanted to go home so bad and my mom was like why would you come home and I was like mom that's not what you're supposed to say to me right now I'm struggling but I mean every day was something new that was challenging for me and like I said being a big fish in a small pond I I didn't think I had it figured all out but I definitely didn't know there was that much more out there I mean I had no aerobic base I realized I was operating off of pure talent and technique. And even the technique that I had was even more, it was even improved more when I went to Florida. So it was a lot of mental um, challenges for me. Like I was last at everything, everything. I mean, everything. I was last. And my dad told me when I went to college, he goes, nah. Do not be the caboose. You can be second to caboose, but try not to be the last person. And boy, did I fail like the first two months. <laughs> I'm just like not a dryland person. We had stadiums. We were running, you know, like all of the stuff that every team does at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. um, it was so hard for me, but it, without knowing it, it really prepared me for the end of the season. I mean, I think about my freshman year and how much better I did than I thought I I mean the things that happened at the end of the season weren't even in my realm of thinking when I was you know going through the season and stuff like that I literally was just swimming I was struggling through practice and I would like be there at the meets and I'd be racing racing tough um and going I remember in October we were racing UGA which is like crazy now that I think about it because I'm here now but and I was going best times in the middle of October because it just was so much stuff that I hadn't done and so much hard training that it just improved me just like that. And so um, it was it was really hard. I learned a lot of things that I think I pull from now. Um, but yeah, that was, I think back to that and I'm like, 
if I got through that, I honestly can get through anything because there were so many times I was like, I, I physically cannot go any further. And I did. I went like miles further than I thought I could. So it was just every day breaking the barrier that I had, had put on myself. Wow. That, sorry if I'm laughing so much. Do you just... No, I'll laugh really? with you because it was... I mean, I could tell you some crazy stories where I'm like lost on a run because I'm so far behind <laughs> or running in the middle of a rainstorm and I'm and I have no idea where I'm running to so it's just like some crazy stuff but they all do have a lesson to be learned for sure. <laughs> do, do you you know you talked about how much of a lone wolf you were in in high school do you feel like you got some some community on that college team I mean you just said, you know, like, oh, I was the caboose. I was last. <laughs> I got lost running by myself. Like, but did you, did, you know, like your fellow freshmen, were they kind of struggling with you? Did you, were you able to relate and kind of get, get that help and support from your teammates? Oh, yeah, of course. Like some freshmen were just like so good at dry land, but everybody struggled in something. So there was always someone to help or always um, someone to help me or help you in, in an instance. But yeah, I mean, we were really close freshman year. All of the freshmen that came, there was a big group of us. It was something crazy, like 15 of us or something like that. So, and we were all very close. Mm -hmm. So that helped a lot. Um, I think in terms of being a lone wolf, I can be extroverted when I need to. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've learned that I need, that I am somewhat of an introvert when I need to replenish um, my social juices, I guess, is the only way I know how to describe it. But yeah, yeah me in college, even though I struggled <laughs> physically with the workouts and stuff, I mean, I was, I'm always outspoken. I, and I always love to meet new people, not necessarily like, I, I mean, yeah, I'm alone. I could be a, considered a lone wolf, but I love meeting new people and hearing what they have to say about certain things, just like new perspectives on the same thing that you've thought about. So I think that helped me in the long run because um, Troy would have captains and then he would have class captains. And so obviously a freshman cannot be the captain of the team. So he would have freshman captains. Mm -hmm. And so we got to basically practice. And so I got, it was a voting system. So I got voted uh, freshman captain. So that year I got to be, I was exposed to like what all the other captains did and what meetings they were having and they came with free food. So I was really excited about that. Um, but we, yeah, so we would meet and um, basically we would go through everything you would go through if you were a captain as a freshman. So that also helped prepare me for next year, the next year when I would become the regular team captain. Um, but yeah, I learned so much in those roles. Like, I think that's also why I learned that I need to have my own time because it's a lot to like worry about everyone and make sure everyone's on point and then to also make sure you also are on point so yeah freshman year I can't tell you how much I learned like I probably should I didn't keep a journal I mean I like took pictures which I guess is a form of a journal but I wish I would have written down like what happened during the day and looked back and been like wow I can't believe I got through all that <laughs> it's uh, it sounds uh book worthy yeah if I can remember it all yeah. <laughs> Um, wow. So, so you were a four-year captain. That's basically it. You, yeah, pretty much. You strapped the Florida team to your back uh, <laughs> from the day you got on campus. So, <laughs> um, 
so sophomore year, you were voted a regular team captain, um, and you had you had mentioned earlier like that you learned a lot through that experience. Yeah. Um, take if if you can take me through that. What what was what was good about that? What was challenging about that? And what did you come away with from that from leading the team as a sophomore? So <clears throat> being a captain was. I mean, to be honest, when I was voted captain, I was very skeptical because. Who's going to listen to a sophomore, to be honest with you? Because I know I wouldn't if I was a senior. And so <laughs> it was kind of an eye-opener for me that I need to get to know. Not that I didn't already know the seniors and the juniors, but I need to, um, like, put myself out there, I guess, and just show that, like, hey, if you need me, like, I'm here for you. I also learned my – well, I know we're talking about sophomore year, but that kind of started then, but – it came to head in my junior years, I needed, I learned how to delegate. Mm -hmm. So I'm a very territorial person um, with anything. And so when it comes to being a captain, like to me, I'm like, I need to protect that because I earned it. So I need to be the one who does this, 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 and this, when that's not necessarily how a leader or a captain should, you know, run the team. Um, so I learned a lot about like what my duties actually are. Um, and so I learned to trust my teammates and be able to delegate things that they're good at that I'm not necessarily good at. Like, the, for instance, people who, the quieter people who are um, more in tune with people's feelings, like they wanted to do stuff for people's birthdays. I can't remember everybody's birthdays. So like, that's something that they could do to make each teammate feel like it's their day. And so that really does a lot for your confidence, you know? So that was, that's just an, uh, an example, but yeah, I learned a lot about that. I also learned a lot about, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like I guess, diffusing certain situations, mm -hmm. um, being able to work through disagreements uh, between you and a coach, between two teammates, between you and a teammate. Um, also discipline. Like, it's really not easy as a sophomore to discipline a senior. Like, that is really, really uncomfortable. Um, and so I had to learn how to have the confidence to, like, back up what I say, um, which was not always easy. Um, but I learned that it's not about the person, it's about the team. And so I, I also learned not to take things personal. So those are a couple of the things that I learned um, that I think helped me become a better person and helped me um, become more confident in what I think and how, and what I say. Um, Cause I hear a lot of times, which I'm very, I really love to hear like people are like, wow, you're so confident in how you speak. And honestly, I think it's because of college because I had to be, or else people call your bluff in no time at all. So um, those are just a couple of the things that I've, I've learned that I think really have helped me be the person that I am now. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a really great experience a great, and, and it sounds like you learned a lot. Look, you know, you, you said when that first happened your sophomore year, you were skeptical. Um, looking back now, what would you say, or maybe what, what did you think your teammates saw in you that, that would, that led them to vote you as a team captain? Um, probably confidence. I would say that I'm very just like bold in my actions. Like I'm never really unsure of what I'm doing. I like to do trial and error instead of um, hesitation, if that makes sense. 
So a lot of what I did was just, I would do it, see how it worked. And if it didn't work, then I would try something else. And so I think also I'm really funny (laughs) and people love funny people. So I also think I lighten the mood and um, I think that helps for, you know, 18 to 22 year old women who are literally going through life changing years of their life. I think, um, if they can laugh and have a great time in the midst of social swimming, uh, pressure, school, all that stuff, it's really important to just like let loose. And I always, always was like goofing off at something, whether it be in the locker room or like doing invitations on deck or something like that. Like I always was just funny or like doing something um, so I think they really appreciated that too. Uh, and I'm trying to think what possibly else. I certainly appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think they just, appre- yeah, I think they also just appreciated that. It's important to learn about people. And I learned this growing up. Uh, I know this is like so terrible to say, but I used to not even want to like be around people who were shy who like didn't want to be with the crowd or anything. And it used to just, just boggle my mind. Like, how are you shy? Like, because to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say what I'm going to say and it doesn't matter. But until I grew up and went to college, I learned that like, everybody's just so different. So those people that are not that loud, it's important to include them because like, it's harder for them to, you know, feel like they are, um, included so i think that's also another reason just because i took the time to learn about other people and um hang out and ask questions and just like bring them into the group because nobody wants to be by themselves that sucks um so (laughs) you have empathy (laughs) yeah i am still working on that too but that's that's another eye-opener that i think um is another reason why they they thought that i would be a good leader yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, <laughs> I think there's lots of people who still don't have that kind of perspective, but to learn that, you know, as an 18, 19, 20 year old kid, that sounds pretty cool. And it seems like that would make, you know, you a pretty good leader of the team, which is, yeah. which is I super cool. I hope they think I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nothing else, you made them laugh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> um, so let's give me, I, I, I want to hear about a few of your actual swimming highlights from college. Um, you know, you, you said SECs is your favorite meet. Do you have one or two favorite memories from SECs or just from swimming in general that, uh, that really stick out in your mind? Um, yeah, so my f- well, I don't really have like a one favorite, but the first one that comes to mind is my freshman year. Uh, hundred fly when I won just just because I think it, it was just a good situation like it was in Texas I was so homesick I hadn't seen my parents since I well I had seen them but I hadn't been home since I left from August um oh really yeah because it is going from Gainesville to Midland is like three flights which is such a it's like a whole day's worth so oh, it you know like you can't not swim so I never got a chance to go home um but my parents were there and it was 
so nice to just win at such a on a, such a big stage in front of them yeah. and like just being able to see my hard work pay off i mean like i said earlier i was struggling almost every day in the fall and didn't think i was going to get through christmas training like that was a whole nother experience for me so to be able to just pop off at, at secs was one very surprising and two just such a great feeling um, of accomplishment that I feel like a lot of swimmers at that level don't have. Mm -hmm. um, like a, one whole meet where you're like, I did that. That's how I felt. And so just to be a freshman and to just make such a statement was so cool. Um, another great memory, I would say, on the flip side of that was my senior year 100 freestyle. Um, when in Missouri, because on the other end of the spectrum, I was struggling. I mean, my swims were not good. Mentally, I was not good. Nutritionally, I was not good. And I had won the year before, and I was like peaking at my junior year. And so senior year, things were just not going my way. And I was so nervous. I mean, I was like, I mean, shaking. I was like, somebody talked to me trying to get my mind off of this race. But I mean, winning that was just a sigh of relief for me that I could get through it and I could do it. Um, so that's another memory that I will always keep with me. And then obviously my third place finish my junior year with Simone and Leah at NCAAs because now that I'm 26 and I look back, I think it is just so cool that we were able to do that because, I mean, if you look at the history of Black people in swimming, we shouldn't be up there. Like, we shouldn't even be at the meet because they just didn't let black people swim. And the stereotype is just so embedded in our society that even black people are like, why do you swim? And I'm like, you can't think like that anymore. So to be able to do that and just be in the history books is super cool because it now will inspire a whole new generation. And it really kind of kickstarted my platform that I have now to be able to inspire whoever wants to listen and be inspired by me. But um, it gave me a lot of perspective, especially as the years went on and especially when I stopped swimming and was able to just kind of like take a breather from the sport and look back. Um, I think that was such a cool race and it's a shame it wasn't the last race because I know that on that podium, I was thinking about the four free relay and not necessarily like the present moment. Um, so I do wish that I was more present, um, in that moment, but I mean, there's pictures and everybody else remembers it so we could talk about it, you know, and the moment's not lost. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 that was the first women's NCAAs I ever covered for swim. Oh. And I remember in, being there in Greensboro mm -hmm. and, uh, and I mean, that was, that was a super cool moment. I don't think anyone kind of, I don't know if anyone, certainly no one expected it. Um, yeah. And then it happened and, and everyone was kind of like, whoa, hold on. Like, this is. Yeah, I don't even remember what people's reactions of it were, to be honest with you. I was so, you know, like, you know, when you're in meat mode, you're just like, you're not thinking about anything else. But yeah, I mean, I barely got third. Let's be honest. <laughs> I like, I think I got third by like 0 0.04, something like that. So I'm very, very grateful to make that trio. Um but yeah, it definitely needs to be remembered on the day every year because it is such a big deal and it won't be done in such a long time from now, in my opinion. I mean, not downputting anybody who's coming up, but it's just 
all the stars really had to be aligned for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good that that was your first NCAA. This was a very historic one. So, and and like you said, it it might not happen for a long time, but the fact that it did, the fact that you three showed that it could, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like. I think I think a lot of people emphasize the fact that you know if if you need to be able to see it to believe it, yeah. And, you know you you need role models and the fact that you three did that and provided that for you know an up and coming generation to say that hey we're here and we can swim really fast. Yeah, like we can do it and it can be done again for sure. Yeah, um, I would like to go back to the your hundred free your senior year because you said that it was like a sigh of relief to to finish that hundred free race but you won it right yeah well, <laughs> you're so you're like super nervous you're worried you're not in a good place and then like the i don't know is that like a little more than a sigh of relief that like you, you know i was thinking like you're gonna say and i got through the race and i got like sixth or something no no, I mean, my standards for myself are very high. So, I mean, I wanted to win it and I knew I could. Gotcha. Um, but I was just like really outside of my mind worrying about other people, this girl, that girl, um, and not like myself, just because of all the reasons that I had listed before. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the race back and you can tell like when I finish and look at the clock, I'm like, oh, I've seen. <laughs> I'm like, I was so tired. Honestly, that, that meet was, again, such a lesson learner for me. Our team was not doing well at all, and it was the last day. And I felt the pressure to do well. I was like, okay, if I don't do well, then who's going to do, you know, like, how, you know, how are we going to make this a successful meet? So that was kind of like my sigh of relief. I had just been carrying so much pressure that I put on myself to like lead this team and show, show a good example for the girls. Um, and that's something I've learned that I don't necessarily need to do. And that's also why I'm very glad that I am swimming what I'm doing, what I'm doing now where I don't really have to carry a team or I don't have to worry about teammates like that in that type of situation anymore. Um, but that's not to say I loved college swimming. Like I had never really had those close of teammates in club. So to go to college and experience that and just hear people screaming for you, that's, that was so cool. But that also comes with pressure, worry, um, things like that. So that's kind of like what I was feeling in those, <laughs> those moments leading up to that race. I was glad to get that over with. It makes total sense. That, yeah. That's, you know, again, being a, being a three-year captain on the team, really you know being a leader um you do carry the the weight of of your teammates and uh i'm sure that that year that senior year especially with if like you said the team isn't having a good performance yeah that can weigh on you yeah Um, sure and so you get through that senior season um and then you go to olympic trials yeah um did you think that would be your last swim meet period no, not really, but I just knew I wanted nothing to do with the sport for a while. <laughs> it was just okay. like, probably on record, my worst meet of my career, uh, besides 2015, the year before uh, in San Antonio. So 
I mean, I knew I wasn't going to swim well, which was really sad to say. Just, like, I wasn't prepared. I was swimming off hope, and I was just counting down the days till I could go home. And so it's kind of hard, like, to be at that prime age to go and swim. If you swam to the best of your abilities, you most likely would have made the team. And so it's really disappointing to literally, like, be here presently and just, like, see everybody, like, making the team who you literally have beat not no more than two months ago. So it was very disappointing to say the least. And I wouldn't say I was depressed or anything. I just was ready to go home and just, I still had a semester of school left. So I went home for the summer and it was the best three months of my life just because I didn't have to worry about anything, no nutrition, no working out, no, um, I didn't have to worry about where my mental um, focus was, anything like that. Um, so that was, I guess, the upside that I kind of got my juices re- rejuvenated. But I just didn't even know when I would go back to swimming. I thought I thought I was ready to, like, this is what's going to happen. Like, you move on to the next chapter of your life. You get a job and um, things like that. But... Yeah, I just felt like I guess I needed to swim again. But I really thought I was going to only take like six months to a year off. But it turned into two years. I just kind of like blinked and it had been so long. And I was like, well, it's either now or never. Because, I mean, I guess we're getting into a new topic. But, um, yeah, I just like started to increasingly get anxiety for no reason. I couldn't figure out why. And I realized that I was like thinking about subconsciously thinking about swimming. And I was like, if I never go back, I will never know if I was ever better than I think I, you know, I never will know if I was better than I ended up, you know, like, I don't want my last meet to be trials. That was terrible. And that was embarrassing. I was like, I can't do that. I have to, I have to at least see if I can get back in shape and, you know, try again, at least that's the least I could do for myself. So when I decided to come back. Um, I mean, you talked about, you know, peaking at the right time. And again, I think that's why ISL is so cool is because I think having our sport, having to peak once every four years is kind of bogus. Um, yeah. But field. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a lot. And like you said, to, to know what your best is and to know that you're not there I think is a lot of people's experiences at Olympic trials, right? It's like, there's so many, there's so many people on their swan songs at that meet and it's not necessarily their best. And dude, you go to that meet, it's, you can, it's a pressure cooker. You can feel the tension <laughs> when you walk into the door. Yeah. Um, you really can. And it's, and it's, and then, and then you walk out and you're, there's just so many emotions I, you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's a lot. And to, and I think a lot of people don't swim the way they want to there because mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard to perform yeah. at that meet particularly. Um, so it's really cool to, to hear the, your motivation behind coming back of, of that was embarrassing. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I like hadn't watched swimming, really spoken to anyone who was in the swimming world for two years. I literally lived a whole different life and I loved it. And I learned new things. I learned a lot about nutrition that I implement now. Um, And I learned a lot about my mental 
focus and how my brain works and and yeah I just think that that was really good for me to take the time off and that's why now when um when I feel like I need to take time for myself I do so and I don't feel guilty because I've seen that I can take that amount of time off and come back and swim way faster than I ever have within 10 weeks of swimming so yeah I just that's kind of what helped me get through quarantine. Like when I wasn't swimming for like a month, I was like, nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like trying to convince myself I'll be okay because I'm like, look, nah, you took two years off. You'll be totally fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, briefly, let's touch on that two years off. You said you learned a lot about nutrition. You got a yeah. job at Turner Broadcasting in Atlanta. Uh, for all I know about Turner Broadcasting is they do Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah. Cartoon Network is across the street, but yes. <laughs> um, what, uh, so for Turner, what were you doing? What was your lifestyle like? Let's get into the details about that. So I got an internship with Turner Broadcasting for a digital product position. So basically I worked with March Madness. So I know you know March Madness because everybody does. So the app on your phone, I basically built it. I, I didn't build it, but I um, oversaw the developers who built it. So I came up with the features and like how the app flows and works. And then someone else built it. Um, so I, I did that for Alexa. So for voice and stuff. Um, so that internship was a year long and I loved every single day of that internship. I thought it was so cool. I was just like learning something that I didn't know any, like swimming I know. And it's always about polishing what you know. But this was all about learning every single day. I mean, I also, Turner is a very progressive company. So I was able to just like wear whatever I wanted to. So it was nice not to have to like yes. buy blouses and <laughs> blacks that I know I'm too yeah. tall for. So <laughs> that was really cool as well. But the internship was one year. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was really cool just to go through this cycle of creating an app um and i love that i think it's something that i may want to do when i'm completely done with swimming i then took a job still with turner with um, a company called br live so bleacher report you, some people know oh, some people yeah. don't but i know bleacher basically report. like the west coast cnn i would <laughs> if you really don't know anything that's what i would compare it to but it's news <laughs> yeah and so um this company was live streaming so all live sports that's all we did so um no articles nothing like that so this app just started up so basically kind of did the operations for the app so start for so for starting an event all the way until the event ends so creating the event all of the back end stuff that goes into the software that creates the event and the time and, and people can buy it and all of the things that you think about when you go and purchase something online to watch later, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I did. Mm -hmm. um, didn't like that so much, but uh, I learned a lot of stuff from that too. And I worked out a lot. That's something that I also did a lot. I um, went to, I worked out in the morning. I went to work. And came back and I worked out again just because I had extra time and I really was just like into working out at that point. So that was kind of my life. I also coached too. And I've learned that I do not like coaching. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I think I was a good coach, but I don't, 
that's the stuff I don't have empathy for, I guess. I love doing clinics, which is really crazy because I love doing clinics. I love helping kids. But all of the extra stuff that goes along with coaching, I just don't like that. Um, but, I mean, you find out what you like and what you don't like. And I definitely did that over the past those past two years. Um, but, yeah, my lifestyle was so much different. And I think about that. I'm like, did that actually happen? Because I'm, like, back in my routine where I'm swimming and I'm doing doubles and weights. And, um, yeah, I just think back. I'm like, was that a dream? Did that actually happen? It was really cool, though. And so I, I met some cool people. And, like, yeah, finally meeting people that don't have anything to do with sports. They just enjoy it enough to work with sports is so cool. Like, hearing about what other people – like, people went to college and they just went to college. That's pretty cool. And they're like, wow, you swam. Like, what's that like? And I'm just like, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Too much to sit here and tell you over lunch, but it was fine. Yeah. Interesting uh i mean yeah so you so you lived yeah the the i think what a lot of college kids refer to is like the adult life you just you just went out there and did it yeah i went to work i went to happy hours for the first time <laughs> i was able to uh very learn what it's like to pay for your own bills and that was oh. such a wake-up call and just yeah, like that, that's nice. learning real life things but yeah I'm glad I did it though. I mean, like you have to learn how to like manage your money every two weeks. And it's like something that I was really bad at, but yeah, it's just like the life of a college athlete is not, does not really prepare you for when you get spat out into the real world. I used to tell my mom um, when I was struggling, uh, when I first moved to Atlanta, cause I got the position on a Wednesday or something and I needed to move and started on a Monday. So I like threw my bags in my car and stayed in the Airbnb for a week until I found an apartment. Mm -hmm. And I was just so confused and so upset because I was like, mom, I feel like somebody just spout me out in the middle of prime time at New York square and gave me no directions on how to get home. I just <laughs> felt like there was so much going on and I did not know what to do. I didn't know anybody, but I mean, you learn, you meet friends, you, you, you're, you end up fine. So it was all good. I was just being dramatic as usual. <laughs> I don't, I, th I think a lot of people go through that. Uh, it's good for you. Certainly swimmers. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good for you. Um, it's, it's awesome to hear that you made it out. Okay. Yeah. And then you're like, no, I'm good. I'm going back to swimming. <laughs> yeah. I learned that corporate America um, was, had its ups and it had its downs. I, mo I definitely would love to be a digital product manager if the opportunity came, uh, if it came my way. Um, but I think I may like, I don't know, maybe like a smaller business or something, maybe not corporate America because there are pros and there are cons. Just being able to see that also really helped prepare me um, and help me put things in perspective too. And, now when I'm on my Roku or if I'm on my app on my, on an app on my phone and I can see an issue, I'm like, mm, well, that company may need to fix this, this, and this. Uh, so it's kind of cool that I can like understand how apps work and not just use them and get mad when they don't work. I mean, not that I can fix it or anything, but like, at least I know what the problem is. <laughs> so I'll wait for them to fix it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that seems like exceedingly applicable knowledge. Do, is that some, like, did you study anything in that field in college? 
<laughs> I studied like mm, basically it's called communication theory so it's just a lot of arguing about communication and you just have to have facts to argue mm-hmm. I mean in my upper class my upperclassmen like classes my junior and senior year I really enjoyed them they were really interesting but all it was was arguing your point and like supporting it with facts or with scenarios or something like that but um you there's really nothing in school that can prepare you to be a digital product manager or anything in the digital world really um it's kind of like like I said I learned every day you learn something from trial and error and you learn different softwares and then you kind of just like put them together. Um, and I think that was the coolest thing is like opening up an app and being able to look at it and see it run and what it's spitting out and like understand what is actually going on. Like I could geek out about that all day, but <laughs> that's just uh, my interest. But that's, that, that sounds pretty cool. And now yeah. I'm interested. But- <laughs> I don't have a year to, well, I guess I could, but. Yeah, I did. If you started in March, you'd be well-versed by now. (laughs) Seriously. I was a comm major. uh, And I, yeah, so kind of similar. Yeah, Um, it's a very broad, very broad uh, major for sure. And that, I think that's what I liked about it is that you can go in a lot of different directions as, as you did. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've, I've chatted your ear off. I think we've been here on almost an hour. Um, but, uh, let's get to the present. Um, couple questions. First of all, how are you feeling in the water right now, especially with season two of ISL coming up? You've got, you know, a month plus in Budapest, uh, on the horizon. Uh, how are you feeling in the pool? Pretty good. I mean, like we're putting in some pretty good, practices um i mean we're going full throttle in terms of uh weights and all that stuff so yeah i mean like i'm in my full routine so i would say we haven't we're really still kind of putting in the work for a baseline um and then with all that racing i'm really excited because i haven't raced in so long um i think that's going to be the last piece of the puzzle in my training is just getting up and racing. Um, Cause like, you know, there's so many teams that are in the water. There's a lot that aren't, we're fortunate enough to be in the water um, and have options, which is really nice. So it's nice to be able to carry out our regular schedule. So I do feel really good. I feel very confident that we'll swim pretty fast. Awesome. Good to hear. Uh, you recently launched your own website, NatalieHines.com. If you want to check out Natalie Hines, see what she's all about, uh, get some sweet merch. I'm currently waiting on my mustard crop. You said those are going to ship soon, so no worries. Uh, check it out, NatalieHines.com. Tell me about, give me the rundown on this website and what you're hoping to accomplish with it. Yeah, so I didn't really know I needed a website, but I got talked into it and now I'm all for it. Um, basically it's, it's good to, if you want to know more about somebody, it's good to hear it from them and not from Google or whoever's on Wikipedia at the time. Um, so I think it also just helps with, with being personable and, um, being able to show people that you are an actual person. You're not just a swimmer, um, who people see 
at meets. Like there are things that go on behind the scenes. There's more dimensions to you as a person. So that's kind of what the website is all about. Um, I really want people to feel like they can go to it and leave the website and be like, wow, I really like what she's about. I really like her interests and what she wants to do with the sport. Um, and so that's just kind of the idea around the site. Now it may change, um, like in terms of, like with the shirts, for example, like mustard is my favorite color. So I was like, well, we have to have a mustard crop. If you want to support me, you got to support me with a mustard crop top, but I also will have black and white if you really want to. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's just like trying to put my personal touch on things just so people can get to know me better, especially leading up again to trials and um, things like that. <laughs> Big stage type of things. Yeah, definitely. Um <clears throat> And I think, you know, with, with this website, with the stuff I've seen on your social media, it's, it seems like you are kind of ramping up your voice and what impact you want to have in our sport, in our community. You are a black woman in a predominantly white sport. And, uh, and it's become, you know, you, you've certainly in this time of, uh, of, social, of, of social justice reform in our country, it seems like you've really tried to make your voice heard um, for the better and for positive. I know, I, th I forget which one of your platforms it was, but you had, you had, you did make Black Lives Matter pins um, available for ordering. Is that correct? Yeah, so that's on my Luminary website. Um, but yeah, I just think this whole time has been a big juggle between keeping myself mentally sane putting swimming at the forefront always and also trying to figure out how I want to attack this whole thing. I definitely didn't want to be silent, but you know, it's, it's a learning experience for everyone. And I think that's what I, that's what I put forth most. That's what I put my, most of my energy in is educating people. Um, just today I sent my coaches an article about, uh, titled what it's like to be a black man in America just so they can have something to read and I do that sometimes and so that they know that I'm always thinking about how we can all be more cohesive as a group because you know I've always been the only black person on deck and I am currently um, at UGA and the more that people know about the struggles of black people and the injustice uh, the social injustice and racial injustice in our country the quicker we can tie this up because it's obviously been going on for like 400 years now. So yeah, I just try and educate. I don't want to become radical by any means. I want to remain, you know, I want to push this forward because it is such a big deal. And, and I've gone through so many ranges of emotions <laughs> trying to just like keep myself like at a Zen. Um, but yeah, I really take so much uh, stock in just, you need to be educated before you can make any sort of judgment, opinion, um, anything like that. So that's my biggest thing. I just want to say, it, to, to me, I don't think it's radical to say uh, Black people need equality. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, that's not radical at all. But uh, but uh, but edu education first. I love that philosophy, and I think it's it's great. Um, one thing, one platform you have been pushing in terms of education is equal just the Equal Justice Initiative. That's eji.org. If you want to check that out, um, tell me about 
Hey, give me your rundown on the Equal Justice Initiative, what it means to you and, and why it is such a powerful tool. Yeah, um, Equal Justice Initiative is a nonprofit organization. Um, so they work for, they work to end social justice, social injustice, racial injustice for those who can't fight for themselves. So like um, people who are a first time offenders in terms of like drugs or some, some first time misdemeanor or something like that. And they're getting 10 years in a level five prison, which for those people who don't know, level five is the most uh, locked down it can get. So those are the most dangerous prisons. And these people who are doing misdemeanor crimes are going into level five prisons, which is crazy to me. And they're dying in there because the way that they're being treated by the guards, because they're being killed by inmates. So EJI works to reduce sentences of those people. They also work to um, get reduced sentences of people who have been wrongly convicted, who are innocent, uh, minors who have been tried as adults and who are serving life sentences, just like all of the worst things that you can think of this company or this organization is trying to fight. Um, they also are a, a beacon of education. So they have numerous articles on whatever you can think of. They always have something new coming through on the website. Um, and so I tell people who are like, Hey, I have no idea about any of this, but I want to help. I want to learn. That's like where I would send them. Um, so they're always doing something good. And I am so passionate about them because my sheltered mind had no idea that all this was going on until I went to visit. Um, they're in the, this place called the Lynch Museum, which is in Montgomery, Alabama. And it's like this huge memorial. Um, and I spent like three hours in there because I was just like, this is so crazy. Like I had no idea that this was going on. So that's why I'm so adamant about people uh, if you ever want to donate, if you ever want to learn something, that's the place to donate. That's the place to learn. There are also other places uh, that do the same thing, but that's just the one that I m most closely resonate with. Yeah. I mean, a, a quick a quick look on the Equal Justice Initiative's website. Um, their work includes criminal justice reform, racial justice, racial justice, public education, just like Natalie was saying. Um, lots of resources, lots of educational tools, lots of articles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you're interested in educating yourself, interested in helping, check out eji.org. If you're interested in Natalie Hines, check out nataliehines.com for her story, her personal bio, uh, her merchandise. Um, quick shout out to Luminary. Tell me about how you got into that. Yeah, like two summer, or no, last summer, I uh, was looking for something to uh, put on my walls, but I just didn't want to pay for it. So I was like in Hobby Lobby one day and I saw this <laughs> kit and I was like, I could spend $12 and try this out. And it was so bad, Coleman. It was like, I didn't throw it away, but I, I definitely keep it just to see where I've come from. But yeah. um, then I got really obsessed with the craft because I, it was something I wasn't good at. And so I wanted to get better at it and it wasn't swimming. So I was able to not, I was able to um, do something away from the sport. So it wasn't like my main focus all the time. Um, so I made a couple pieces and then uh, time passed and then we went into quarantine and I was like, well, let me pick it up again. Cause as you know, swimming is like all time consuming. So I didn't have a chance to do it. 
Uh, and it kind of just took off. I mean, I was doing it every single day because I wasn't swimming. So I was like, no, I can do this. And every piece that I finished, I was like, okay, I'm going to change this. So then it kind of just blew up. And then I only launched the website in August. So it's kind of gone really quick. Um, and it, I try to remember it's a hobby. And anytime I feel pressured to get orders out, I'm like, just chill. It's not your job. Like, you know, swimming is your job. This is supposed to be relaxing for you, which it is. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it, how it started and where it's kind of blown up to right now. Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's so cool that I'm literally learn something new every single time I make a new piece. Um, and I've also expanded to, I'm able to help the Black Lives Matter cause with Luminary. And um, I was able to make some tapestries and sell those and donate all the money to EJI. So those are things that like give me so much joy. Um, and I'm glad that people can have some of my work because uh, I can't travel. So I'm glad that like my piece can travel like all over America so that's kind of just where I'm at with it now um and now that I'm going to Budapest for seven weeks I'll have to shut my operation down but I'll <laughs> be back uh, which I'm kind of sad about I'm like god could I bring some yarn and leave on the plane I'm like no now you can't that's just too much to keep track of so yeah. I'll have to just shut it down I was gonna say can you not is that but I don't want to have to look no I just don't want to have to look after because once I finish a piece my brain starts working on the next piece. Um, and so it wouldn't be cool for me to just be in Budapest with all the supplies. I'm like, yeah, it's just too much. Your roommate comes in and there's just yarn hanging from the wall. Yeah, yeah, it's too much to explain. And it is something that's really cool because it's mine. It's unique to me. And it's a hobby that not necessarily writing or cooking or anything like that. Like I can literally just sit in silence and weave and I can work out problems or things that I have been thinking about earlier. Like I can just think about those things and work through it um, while I weave. So it is kind of like my therapy. So uh, I'll have to figure something out when I go to bed. <laughs> when I go to food well, you've got three weeks. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Cool. Um, <laughs> Natalie, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Do you have any parting thoughts uh, before we sign out? Um, other than I'm just looking forward to ISL. I'm looking forward to racing. Um, and I just think it's really important. I know this has kind of helped me, but, you know, like with everything going on, there really seems like there's no end in sight, especially after Labor Day and uh beaches are packed and you're like, Oh my God, this is never going to end. But you know, some days are better than others, but I do think that waking up, having a task and executing on that task and just doing it task by task is really going to help on those days that are harder than others. Um, when you don't see that there's an end in sight. And so that really helps me. And I also, um, try and take five minutes every day that I wake up to, meditate and be just be still and like calm i use the calm app actually i really love it um i think that also may help some people who are just like oh my god this is never gonna end because i feel like that some days more days than others and so those two things really help me out so uh hopefully that helps somebody else out too well natalie thank you so much uh for your time today coming to of talk course. to me thank about you for having me 
Absolutely. Um, hopefully we'll talk soon and, and good luck in Budapest. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.